and welcome to The Campus Catholic, a podcast providing candid discussion on Catholic Christian issues from a college perspective. I'm college student Jenna Ford, and I am here with campus minister, Friar Ian Brimmer. Hello. And today, um, we wanted to provide you with a little bit of a mini, a mini-sode, a mini-episode, if you will, um, just discussing some things that have been happening recently um, in Terre Haute, where we are located. Um, Friar Ian, do you care just kind of debriefing us on what's going on right now? Yes, so um, actually today, um, September 24th, um, this is, uh, this day will be the seventh execution, federal execution um, that has happened here uh, at the federal prison here in Terre Haute. Um, And uh, this is also um, the second one this week today. Christopher Vialva is um, scheduled to be executed um, this evening. And just a couple days ago, um, William LaCroix was executed the night of Tuesday. Um, And uh, and so Jenna and I just wanted to um, bring up these issues because these are important. pro-life issues for uh, the Catholic Church um, and their humanitarian issues. Um, And it's something that uh, Jenna and I uh, feel very strongly about um, as Catholics, as Christians, as human beings. Um, And both of us have attended um, some of the uh, demonstrations and prayer vigils um, for uh, these men who have been executed this year. Yeah, so a lot has been happening, and tonight will be the seventh execution, federal execution, that will have happened this year in the year of 2020. Is that correct? Correct, yes. Um, Already this year, um, the first uh, person to be executed was Daniel Lee um, this July, and uh, he was the first of three in one week. Um, A couple days after he was executed, Wesley Perkey was executed and then Dustin Honkin was um, killed. And in August, uh, Lesmond Mitchell and Keith Nelson were both executed in the same week. And as we mentioned uh, this week, uh, William LaCroix was executed and today um, Christopher Vialva, um, who is actually only 19 when he committed his crime. Um, so although, you know, an adult, um, a legal adult, still a teenager. Um, right now he's about 40 years old, I believe. Um, but, uh, and from what I've, uh, read, he's actually been like a model example, um, to other inmates, um, and just a, a good, um, uh, a good representation and source of, um, you know, conversion, um, and support for for the fellow inmates. And so, um, you know, it's just an example of how, you know, somebody, uh, redemption and conversion, there's still hope for all of us. And this is one of the reasons why um, we as a church stand against the death penalty because it denies people that opportunity um, for conversion, even into the latest years of their lives. Yes, and before we dive into um, a little, until we dive into the issue a little bit more, um, we just want to take a minute to also recognize that by us saying and by the church saying that we don't support the death the death penalty, we are not saying that we support the crimes that the person committed. 
we are saying that there is dignity in every human life and a person just does not have the right to take life away. Um, and so just know that we are sympathizing with both the victims and their families, but we also want to recognize that fighting with vi- fighting violence with violence is just not the solution, and that is what is happening, and it needs to stop. Yes, and um, moreover, I think another reason, um, a really you know humanitarian reason, um, that we also stand against the death penalty, uh, is because it's um, it's something that's being done in our names. Because when a person is executed, whether by the state or at the federal level. Um, it's being done in the name of the people of the state, of the people of the nation, um, and therefore, uh, whether uh, whether or not um, you have a strong opinion about the death penalty, um, or are indifferent to it, or feel passionate about it one way or another, um, the fact of the matter is, is that somebody is being killed uh, for you in your name and personally i uh i just don't feel comfortable having that blood on on over my head or anybody else's head um but that's kind of the the fact of the matter of what happens when um somebody is executed at the state or federal level yeah and speaking about that like having our tax dollars being spent on murder essentially like it's actually like there are studies that show that it's it's more expensive to execute someone than it is to keep them life in prison it's 10 times more expensive to execute someone than it is to keep them in prison for the rest of their lives i know that's a very strong argument that people are like well you know we're wasting all our money well no you're spending Mm -hmm. more money to commit murder on it's just it's yeah Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was news to me that it was 10 times more expensive. I, I knew that it cost more and I had heard that, but I did not realize that it was that much more. Um, so this is an issue that I think crosses um, uh, boundaries of faith. Um, and it's something that, you know, uh, the people that Jenna and I have met um, at these uh, death penalty, uh, anti-death penalty demonstrations, you know, they come from all over and they, they're there for different reasons. Um, there's a cohort of religious sisters, the Sisters of uh, Divine Providence, um, that come, um, who are obviously opposed to it, you know, for the same religious reasons that we are. Um, there, I've met a man whose uh, own father had been executed. Um, and so, you know, this these executions affect family members. Um, these people who are being executed, they're the sons and the brothers and the uncles of of people out there, um, real people. Um, there's even been people that we've met who, uh, who are family members of murder victims. Um, and one of them who is a leader among the, uh, death penalty resistance group. Um, at first he was very much for the death penalty, but he had a conversion and he realized, you know, this, this wasn't going to bring his grandmother back. Um, this wasn't going to uh, really bring justice for her death, and it didn't heal the wound that he felt um, by her murder, and he's now a strong advocate against the death penalty. Um, so it brings people from, from all different kinds of dimensions and stories um, and reasons. And it actually, um, 
So looking at this from a Catholic perspective, like we said, this isn't even necessarily a religious issue. It just happens to fall under the pro-life category, which that itself is not even particularly a religious issue. I know a lot of Catholics identify that, but not every pro-life person is Catholic. Um, But seeing that it is a pro-life issue and the church does endorse it, in 2018, Pope Francis actually changed part of the catechism, um, which is essentially kind of like the rule book of the church. How I would explain the catechism, I think it's a it's a very detailed explanation of of the things that we believe and why mm-hmm. you know, and so you know it takes a lot to get things changed, and it obviously has to be for good reason. And prior to twenty eighteen, like this statement on the death penalty was a little wishy washy. Like it didn't explicitly state like no, like we as the church do not support it. But in May of twenty eighteen, Pope Francis famously changed number twenty two sixty seven to state. The death penalty is inadmissible because it is an attack on the inviolability and dignity of the person. And she, meaning the church, works with determination for its abolition worldwide. Um, So, I mean, we're having people in power, like Pope Francis himself is saying, like, you know, we need to respect the dignity of human life. We're not saying the choices they made are good. We're saying that, yeah, they made horrible, horrible choices but it is not our right to take away their life. Um, and so with that, um, do you have anything else? Irene? It's just, a, it's a hard topic to talk about. It's, it is, we know that, you know, people do feel strongly about it differently, uh, you know, have different strong beliefs about it. In fact, actually, you know, I, I was writing to, um, a, a prison inmate who's a pen pal. He's not on death row. Um, but, uh, you know, I mentioned that I had um, attended a few death penalty, anti-death penalty demonstrations. And, um, you know, he wrote back that um, uh, that he doesn't like it, but, um, you know, he, his opinions differed from mine um, in, in thinking, you know, that, um, that some people uh, deserved it. So we know that this is a, a controversial topic um, and that maybe, you know, our listeners out there um, have their own opinions about it um, and beliefs. Uh, but we just wanted to bring this up because, you know, this at the core of the church's teaching about uh, life uh, and the dignity of human life um, is that, you know, it's not, it's not for us human beings to take away. And that's why the church is opposed to um, abortion and to the death penalty and to euthanasia um, and to any other um, threat to life. Um, and, uh, and there's many, many threats to life that we are facing. And some of them are a lot more subtle than some of these, uh, larger issues that, um, often come up in the news or, uh, in conversation. Um, and so, you know, things like, uh, the refugee crisis and the treatment of, um, immigrants and refugees, um, is again, like that's, a you know, uh, in many ways, a threat to life. Um, and so, uh, so we stand, you know, for, um, for the dignity of human life. And we just wanted to bring that up and share that with our listeners. So, um, I just ask those of you who are listening out there, whether you agree or disagree, um, we just ask that you take a time to reflect on, um, just what life really means. And we also just, we encourage you just to, Um, just find peace in your life and to share that. I really think we need to start seeking peaceful solutions to our issues, not even just 
death penalty with everything that's going on right now in the world, I really think we need to start seeking peaceful solutions. And I think we can start seeking peaceful solutions by extending peaceful actions. And so I just encourage you to find any way that you can and any issue um, at hand just to extend that olive branch, be that beacon of peace, because I really think that's the start for us finding a more peaceful society um, that really just embraces human dignity and love, which is what I think um, we are called to do. So. And so, uh, and with that, um, you know, our our thoughts and prayers are for all of the um, the victims of murder um, that uh, these men and and many other people have committed. Um, we pray for their souls and for their families. Um, but we also uh, remember. Uh, these people who um, have been executed this year and uh, for Christopher Viava who um, will be executed this evening um, and for their families as well um, because God is the author of life and uh, we hold life precious. And with that, uh, we say peace and all good things. <laughs>